everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm the host. And today I have with us Bearded Man Coffee. How are you guys doing today? Doing amazingly well right now. Thank you so much. And just so everyone knows who we have in the studio, we have Landon Harmon, who is the co-founder and co-owner of Bearded Man Coffee, along with his partner, Jay Voltarian. Tanya. Okay, yeah. well well now we've had our first laugh of the episode. So and also with him is Andy Perry, Hi. the marketing Jedi of Bearded Man Coffee. She so, keeps us in line, so that's her job. I know it's full time. She's here for quality control. She's like the FCC or whatever it's called in radio. It's, uh, it's a good job for her, I think. Yeah, I think so. And um she's ob- she's already got the stink eye going the direction over there at uh Landon keeping him in check so um tell us about yourself tell us about your how you got started where did this all come from and why coffee well that's always a good question why coffee we you know we started uh, bearded man coffee just about two years ago but um the story actually goes back quite a ways um jay and i have been friends for quite a long time our our, uh, my ex-wife's daughter and his ex-wife's daughter actually his daughter as well um uh, i know that both ex-wives his actual biological daughter not my biological daughter anyways played soccer together that's how we met um we were um uh buddies jay is a uh, owns a gym in highlands ranch colorado and i own a cleaning company in highlands ranch colorado both of us were at this point in our life where that really wasn't what we wanted to do ultimately uh, but definitely had a, um, a need to keep him going to pay the bills, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But we, we started talking about doing things like a clothing line, uh, wine, something that would that we were both were interested in. We called it our passion project. Um, and a buddy of mine, Chad, who uh, lives out in Sedalia, has been roasting coffee now for uh, 10, 15 years. And, and uh, he was doing it for himself. For fun because there was nothing better to do I guess uh, and he got really good at it and I've been drinking this coffee for years and years and years and uh, introduced Jay to the coffee and we decided uh, one day to make an extremely long story short um, that we uh, wanted to approach Chad because we love this coffee um, and talk to him about selling it to the masses um, Chad is a, um, he's an outdoor, uh, what's the best way to say it? He's a rough and tough. He's a man's man. So we went out hiking and biking and shooting and, and just having some, uh, some fun times. And we started talking about this coffee and how we love this coffee and how we like to sell it. Well, Chad wasn't in on the idea of, of starting this company, but he said, why don't you guys start the company and, uh, let's talk about me roasting for you. So... We started doing that, and um, uh, what became of it was we decided that we wanted to, and I, we, as in Jay and I, started to decide that there's more to coffee than just a black cup of coffee. Um, taste profiles from every country, every region, every elevation. How can we take those taste profiles and make them ours? Um, so we decided to start perfecting the infusion of coffee. Uh, so we uh, came together and, and started Beer Demand Coffee with the idea that we're going to be a different type of roaster. We're going to provide a coffee that meets people 
uh, that uh, are coffee lovers, but also maybe they they put cream and sugar in their coffee because they don't really like coffee. They just like the idea of coffee. And we can change the way they think that coffee doesn't have to be, uh, I won't use the names of some other roasters, but burnt coffee, um, you know, charred coffee, uh, that you can actually get a good cup of coffee, get a great taste profile, and things uh, added to your coffee like vanilla, uh, like honey, cayenne pepper, dark chocolate gives the coffee a different taste profile um, that allows you to um, enjoy it without putting a bunch of foreign uh, substances in it to make it a sugar drink, not a coffee drink. Um, so we decided to do that. Uh, Jay and I uh, perfected that. Uh, Jay has a, uh, like I said, he has a, a background in health and wellness. So things like cayenne pepper and cinnamon and turmeric, uh, the, the anti-inflammatory and the antibodies and those, um, he put together to make what we have now in our, in our coffee. Um, uh, oddly enough, Jay doesn't have a, a taste uh, the ability to taste. He has an ability, uh, an inability to really smell what, it, but he understood how these things should go together. And it's been an absolute amazing experience having him be part of this, uh, delivering these coffees out to people that, um, um, maybe, uh, are going to the gym. They want a pre-workout. So they use one of our particular coffees or maybe they, uh, uh, don't like the, the, um, they don't like the, the, the idea that there's so much caffeine or I, I don't want to have caffeine in me. So we've provided coffees that are lower in, uh, in caffeine but can still maintain their high taste profile. Yeah, so I have a, a quick question. I, I want to rewind a little bit, and I'm going to try to say the name again. Jay Vartanian. Yep. And uh, do both of you have beards? So, yes, we both have beards. Uh, mine is way better than Jay's. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Can't, can't confirm. Oh, it's Sorry, confirmed. Jay. Can it's confirm. Con- yes. Um, this, uh, my beard is, uh, we're hitting about 10 inches right now. Uh, so it hangs down mid chest. Jay has a, a more of a clean cut beard. He's very pretty. Um, he has what we call a, uh, I call it, it's our, it's the shag. It's, uh, it's a very, it's a very, uh, m- low cut or a medium or a tight cut beard, excuse me. Um, and where mine, I look a little bit like, uh. Chris Stapleton, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm the, you know, I, when I first thought of the beard, and it wasn't as popular as it is now. ZZ Top. Was, oh yeah, uh, they had all the beards, and that was a big one. But, and I don't want to get off topic because this is a food entrepreneur podcast. But <laughs> just because your name is Bearded Man Coffee, so obviously that's how you got your name. But I mean, you obviously have to keep it clean and oh, put yeah. product in it. He's and, got a and whole sure the- regimen. I, I do. He's and got sh- pro- beard products. I saw, did you send a picture of, you were like in the beard grooming chair? I have have problems. Yes. I I got my beard groomed on, on Friday and sent Andy a picture of me in the chair. Cause it, to look this pretty, I'm not going to lie to you, Justin, you have, it takes, there's some effort here. There's a team of people behind the beard. It's like the tin man in the wizard of Oz getting, you know, getting, 
you know, polished up. That's what they do to me on a weekly basis. Yeah, because my um, my sister's ex boyfriend, he had a beard as well, and he just the amount of time and making sure it stays soft, and and because it can get difficult to manage and knotty, just like anything else. And ten inches, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's longer than the hair on my head. So, <laughs> my wife has a list on her phone of foods I'm not allowed to eat because she's she doesn't want to have to clean up the mess afterward. <laughs> so cheese and chili dogs, I'm not allowed to have. Soups, I'm not allowed to have. Anything that you have to bend over the bowl to eat, I'm not allowed to have it. So basically I'm stuck with... Coffee. Toast. And coffee. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably how we got into coffee. And a bearded man can drink a lot of coffee without any issues. Absolutely. There's, there's no mess. I mean, you did spill a little coffee in your beard earlier i did i did but we weren't going to say that on on the air so thank you for that. <laughs> no i did it though okay. actually jay's wife came up with the name um bearded man coffee jay and i both have always had beards uh, mine has always been a little bit longer but the story behind my beard um has nothing to do with coffee i um a close friend of our family unfortunately uh, lost his battle with pancreatic cancer and he has had a beard his entire life and one of the things that um, I told him on his uh, uh, while he was in hospice is that I'm not going to cut my beard until they come up with a cure for pancreatic cancer. And um, as much as I wasn't really being truthful in that moment, I was saying it to make him smile. Um, there was a part of me that left that conversation, left that day, thinking, "No, seriously, I'm gonna. I'm. This is my fight against something that is." Um, that I'm passionate about, you know, there's people that are losing their, these battles all day long. What can we do? And, and bearded man coffee actually, uh, supports quite a few foundations. Our biggest foundation besides the national forest foundation in which we, uh, give 5% of all of our proceeds back to them for their tree planting initiative. And I'd like to talk about that, but our big, uh, the, the most heartfelt charity that we're, that we're involved with is inner circle foundation. Um, and that's a, uh, a foundation that, uh, gives back to people that have rare cancer. Um, it's not the type of cancer and it's not the location of the body. It's the actual type of cancer cell that, that affects the body. And we are huge with this organization and they are huge for us. Um, they are a, um, uh, and I won't go into too much information, but the, the, the person that started this foundation has been a big supporter of Bearded Man Coffee and a close friend of ours. And uh, she's actually beat cancer uh, is three or four or five times. I mean, it's amazing what this woman's gone through. So that's kind of my, my thing with, uh, with the beard. It represents two things. It represents us as a company. It represents what we stand for. And then we're actually in the process of of, of developing a coffee that that has things like um, dandelion root and properties in it that um, I, of course I can't say you'll drink our coffee and it will cure something but these are things that people that are finding actually can help prevent or are in the process of creating a cure for certain cancers like dandelion root um, being one of them. So that's a big deal to us. And so um, just as a side note, because I want to ask you about the sure. flavors of coffee, but this may be a question for the Jedi, is what, where can people find you? Uh, how can they find you on social media, on the website, and how can they get your products? So beardedmancoffee.com. Um, the website has everything on it. Bearded Man Coffee on Instagram. 
Bearded Man Coffee on Facebook, Bearded Man Coffee in person at the office. Um, what else? So we put together, we put together, it was, it's actually kind of funny. The story is that we, we roast in Sedalia, Colorado. And if you're not familiar with Sedalia, um, I'm sorry, actually. It's, it's the, the most, middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's beautiful. It but, is beautiful. But we roast at, in Sedalia at elevation. There's a, that's a big deal to us to roast at a higher elevation. Um, there are things that we can do with our coffee that people that are at lower elevations cannot do. Um, but we uh, decided to, because it's in the middle of nowhere, we're going to ship our, bring our coffee into town. Highlands Ranch, Colorado is, is our distribution center. And what we thought was, we'll just have this distribution center and coffee will be going out. Well, what happened was people started walking into our office saying, I want coffee. So um, we've now created a storefront, if you will, where you can come by and buy coffee bags of coffee unfortunately we don't have coffee brewing for you to try That's which is like a huge missed opportunity yeah, in my opinion i get i hear this from the jedi all the time mm-hmm. she's reminding me why what i'm missing out on. i know you're still the patty one you're still learning from the jedi I, exactly exactly and I, and I the people want the coffee on tap they want it <laughs> they want to walk in I have people standing at the front door in the mornings. With empty mugs. Open, 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 open. So so you can find us online at beardedmancoffee.com. We are an uh, e-commerce company. Um, We ship all over the country, all over the world. Um, So please, you know, you can purchase your coffee like that. I will say that people uh, have, there's a misnomer out there that shipping should be free. And I, as an entrepreneur, I just want to tell everybody, somebody has to pay for shipping. <laughs> uh, Amazon, thank you for all this. You guys are great. You've done great for us, but you've ruined shipping for everybody. Um, but we do have a basic standard shipping cost. Whether you buy one bag or 20 bags, it's the same it's the same. So price. buy 20 bags. I mean, so that's really what he's saying, <laughs> is that you should always buy 20 bags. <laughs> but you can uh, e-commerce. Um, on our, uh, we, we can find us on Instagram, social media, Twitter. Um, but uh, you know, if you're in town, if you're in Colorado and want to swing by the Highlands Ranch location, we'd love to have you in, shake your hand, meet you, uh, show you around the facility, and and yeah. It's, and what's the address for that facility? So we are located at 8955 South Ridgeline Boulevard. Uh, the suite number is 800, and that's Highlands Ranch 80129. Um, there's a big uh, a sign out front that says Bearded Man Coffee, so I, I promise you won't miss us. Um, we're open Monday through Friday. Um, there's usually somebody in the location uh, between the hours of 8 and usually 4, um, depending on if we're doing deliveries or not. But there's usually somebody there to, to be able to handle your coffee, your coffee needs. And so, I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here. So you're talking about obviously putting fresh brewed coffee there, but I mean... Actually, let me take a step back because my question is broader. Uh, what kind of flavors do you have now? Tell us a little bit about that, and and I and tell us about how you name them because it all has to go back to beards. So I love the naming and how you came up with the nomenclature yeah. and and all of that. So tell us about that and how you guys came up with it, and then obviously those flavors. So um, I'm going to correct the terminology here. So flavor is. Um, is is a bad word to us, it, and the reason I say that only is because flavor implies that you're adding um, a, a, a substance to the coffee that makes it taste different. 
we infuse our coffee and the infusion pot process means that we're after roast well, you know, during the baking period if you will we're adding ingredients to our coffee that are um, that change the flavor profile but we're not actually flavoring our coffee the coffee bean is still being roasted the right way we're not changing that that t- that taste profile of the actual bean um, to answer your question about the naming conventions um, uh, we love beards I mean we're we're a, we're a bearded uh, brotherhood uh, and sisterhood, if you will, that um, love beards. And, and it, it really is. It, it's it, it's created a personification that when people we walk into a restaurant and people recognize us, it's it's the beard. In fact, I have a picture out there that shows me without a beard, and people have no idea who I am. Um, but we went through and, and we 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 related the coffee the region that we bought the bean from to what is popular in that particular uh, region or country what what facial hair is popular so um um, all of our uh, single origin and our blends are named after a beard name: the Shag, the Banholtz, the the French Fork, the um, the Sparrow, the the Gunslinger. These are all beard names that, if you have a beard or you're interested in beards, you would know what they are. The French Fork. But even if you don't know what they are, they sound kind of cool. They do sound kind of cool. The French Fork is obviously our French roast. Um, so that's a big deal to us. Our infusions are not named after beards. Um, they are named after uh, some cool names like our Yeti, um, our Smooth Operator, our uh, Shaman. Uh, and, and, and again, those are basic, basic taking those infusions and saying, um, what, you know, what what's popular around that particular coffee that would match that naming that naming convention chai love chai coffee we put chai spices in our coffee so you're getting coffee and chai it's chai love baby i mean this is this is what we this is who we are i guess it's good coffee beans don't go in hollywood then you might have porn stash coffee uh, exactly exactly the the ron jeremy coffee <laughs> the ron jeremy coffee ron which... jeremy coffee <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know anything about that, so yeah. I know we'll we'll, we'll probably not edit that out just for <laughs> amusement. And um, but I think it's a great thing because it really ties the story. And you know, beard is be- beards are becoming such a part of our culture here in the United States and even around the world. We're starting to see it more. And Deborah and I travel a lot, so I love that you guys tied it in and made it part of your your brand and your image because people, I mean. It is a way to classify it, and it makes it so simple, especially for men. You know, you know, in a way, for lack of a better term, I mean, I felt like women really tied on to Starbucks. Now, everyone drinks it, don't get me wrong, sure. but it's really something that became this image of women drinking coffee and, and having to stand. So to sure. have, like, this coffee that's more, like, manly, um, and that's not saying women shouldn't drink it, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying for me as a man, because uh, I can only go from my perspective as a man um it's really cool that you're doing this and what i really want to touch upon and we talked about it a little bit before we started the podcast is how the artisan coffee market is is starting to grow and you talked a little bit about it so do you mind talking about it a little more no absolutely um actually i want to hit on both those points um because i think uh talking about women in coffee versus men in coffee because there's there is a big miss conception misnomer about about that that we actually made the mistake of 
Um, the idea that coffee should be um, vanilla and hazelnut. Women will love that. Well, what we're finding, honestly, is that, um, and I, I attribute it to strong women. We call it strong women, strong coffee. Our French roasts and our and our darker roasts are actually way more popular with women. And I think the reason for that is... Um, I, I'll give Starbucks a little credit here. They, they, they've gone to, you don't go to Starbucks for coffee. You go to Starbucks for a, for a, an environment and a latte or a macchiato or, you know, a sugar filled drink. What, what made Starbucks popular? Well, it was women kind of glamorize that. Well, they've taken over and said, you know what? No, we want, we want coffee. And Andy, actually, when I first met Andy, it, the, the conversation was really interesting. This woman grew up um, making her parents' coffee with a mochi pot. And this is, um, this is an Italian family where you the coffee was made. You guys, I probably was not even like qualified to be operating a stove. At this point, and my parents would, we would clean up after dinner. My parents would go out on the deck to enjoy, um, we were living in Georgia at the time, to enjoy the weather and the scenery, and they would make me clean up the kitchen and make the espresso and bring it out, like, literally on a tray to them. So, 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 this- so I, yeah, like, coffee is a huge part of, I mean, my growing up. And as an Italian also, I mean, it's it's always coffee after dinner, yeah. espressos, and it's always. a huge part of it. And even the Sambuca, you got to drop a coffee yes, bean in coffee it. Bean in, yes, and it's, I so was a, doing all of this as like a 10-year-old. <laughs> well, well, not three. <laughs> but know. like at 10, I mean, I was at the stove doing the mocha pot. I know they also believe drinking wine at the age of nine was, was part of a passing of right and at the oh, dinner sure. table, at least in my I family. I mean, always so. been like big, like at a, if it was a, a holiday, certainly. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I think that, that, that was, there was a lot of teaching there. And I, I, I really say that from the, uh, from the bottom of my heart. We had a misconception when we started roasting coffee. I, you know, men like black, you know, hardcore French roast. That's what I want. And, and really what we say is, is, is if you really like coffee, it's kind of like being a, a wine person. You want to try different things. But it is very funny because the women that buy coffee from Bearded Man Coffee, we have women that like our, our blonde roast, the higher caffeinated uh, uh, coffees. But they like that dark, that I call it strong women, strong coffee. So, I, I, the the second question that you had, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I totally forgot what you asked. So. No, it's okay, and um, I'll go, get back to it because actually, I want to sort of go in a little bit of a different direction. One is is that for me, I didn't even really start drinking coffee until I was in my 30s. One because I didn't. There was other than at home in the espressos and growing up in an Italian family, I couldn't get that type of coffee anywhere I went so while I drank it as a kid I didn't drink it much as an adult because it was ruining it in my opinion I like it black I like making sure I can taste all the flavors and I and I don't like sugar and cream and all those things in my coffee I'm like I'm very much a purist and when it comes to coffee I want to taste the coffee I want to taste the flavors and I like caffeine so that goes hand in hand with coffee but so I think that's great that we talked about it because that's important. But I want to take a step back before we answer the, my other question, which is the flavoring of coffee, which I don't think a lot of people understand what flavoring of coffee is. So I, feel like I, I know I what it is. Like, I feel like I can explain it in 
to give people kind of an idea. Yeah, so please go ahead and... So if you, like, take um, something simple like milk, right? So if you took a cup of milk straight out of the fridge and added, like, a cap full of artificial vanilla flavor, like the vanilla flavor that you would pick up at the grocery store because you're baking cookies, you add that in, stir it around, and drink it. It's going to taste like milk with vanilla-flavored chemicals. Okay, so contrast that. If you have the same cup of milk, you pour it out of the fridge, you grab it out of the fridge, you pour it in a pan, and you throw in a really high-quality vanilla bean. And you heat that up, and you let it steep, and then you take the vanilla bean out, you pour it in a mug, and you drink that. It's going to taste like a warm hug. So I think those are the two kind of, um, it's different, like it's different. Like are you adding a chemical or are you infusing something? And that heat and using the real ingredient is what's gonna give you that authentic depth of flavor. And are you, is it whole bean coffee, just as a side note, so the audience can visualize it? So it, we roast whole bean, of course, yes, but we also offer uh, a ground uh, option for our, for our customers that don't have grinders. Our grounds uh, are a more coarse ground, so you're going to find it. Um, you can use it in a drip coffee pot, but it's, it's really designed for French press and pour over um, uh, mochi pot, that type of, that type of uh, espresso type. Mm-hmm. Which, in my opinion, is the best way to do coffee is a French press. I don't do it enough here, and we yeah. have the ability to do it, but I think it just the quality and taste you get out of it if you just drink it without any additives or anything like that. But to Andy's point, what I, I mean, like hazelnut, it's a coating, basically. You're like coating it vanilla you're coating it those flavors aren't naturally infused into the coffee they're sort of coated afterwards and often artificially and so it's not a pure product and you talked a little bit about turmeric and dandelions and i just those are natural products that are then infused in a natural coffee bean so so things like for instance dandelion root no one wants to chomp on a dandelion root and and it it be a have it be a great taste so we have to come up with a flavor profile that still allows the dandelion root to do its job, but also um, gives the customer a, a satisfaction, a hug, as to Andy's point. That I mean, is, some, some food science is going on. Exactly. This is, exactly. This, this is high-level like food <laughs> science witchcraft. No, I would, I would say it's... it's uh, I like the idea of science. Jay is actually... Uh, it's amazing what this guy does with with breakfast and with lunch. I mean, the little things that he does. I feel I feel like Jay came up with avocado toast long before it was a, a thing. He's been putting avocado on his toast for twenty years. That's just his, you know, that's his thing. Um, but to the point is, we want people to enjoy the coffee. But again, turmeric. It is not a well, personally, I don't think it's a very bad taste, but it's not a taste that I think people, yes, okay. like chocolate. Does anyone really like dark chocolate? No. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. I don't like dark chocolate. There's no That's sugar a shame. in it. I know. Well, like if it's like an 85, it's as dark as I'll go, 85%. Okay. But what you have to do is say there's dark chocolate, but we add a little uh, cayenne pepper to that. Mm-hmm. So... The idea behind that is that we can have 
um, uh, the, the cayenne pepper open up your taste buds and let the chocolate pour in. And then, the, of course, the taste of the coffee. I told you it's science. It like science. Everything that you're saying is like science. I think it's great because, I mean, what you guys are doing and people don't realize the difference in coffee. So there's a huge educational process in this whole podcast because, you know, coffee actually should taste like coffee and the infusion I think adds to the flavor uh, sorry not flavor adds to the infusion um, is probably the better word I'm, I'm going to get the nomenclature down at, at some point on this podcast since I can't even pronounce names today <laughs> but it's um, one of those things where I think what you're doing is brilliant and turmeric has huge health benefits oh, and for inflammation and things like that so, so does cinnamon so does cayenne pepper i mean these these things uh, turmeric has become glorified by by uh, social media but people don't realize what cayenne pepper does for your digestive system and and cinnamon and uh, i mean the, the spices do uh, so much for us um uh, wheat germ and so we're trying to experiment with all those things to give the customer a, a variety of options that that allows them to put something in their body that they can go to bed at night going wow I, I know that I didn't put all this artificial stuff in my body but also allows them to enjoy a cup of coffee yeah which sort of brings me back to the question from before that we sort of put on hold which is you know Obviously, now you drink, everyone drinks coffee, but they, there's real no nutritional value necessarily directly to it. I guess that's probably not right for me to say, but if you can add nutrition to it or add health benefits to it, like you guys are doing, that's amazing. So my question was, is, I mean, is there plans for cold brewing coffee and, and things like that? Because I know like there are times like I drink it cold and sure. I like the cold brew because the caffeine intake and it's. A, I like the flavor profile also. I'm like, I like coffee black any way sure, as long sure. as it's good and not burnt for you sure. Know, what I would say to you is, so to answer that question, yes, cold brew is in our future. Um, we offer cold brew at, when we're at shows. We have cold brew, um, uh, cold brewers, I guess, that we will offer to our to our customers. Um it's a different way to extract the taste from, from the coffee bean, which is, it's amazing. So yeah, cold brew is very different than, you know, a drip uh, coffee. The taste is going to be totally different. What I would say is before we get to that place where we're bottling our old, our own cold brew, our coffee can be used in cold brew right now. You can make it at home. I mean, you can buy a cold brew, um, uh, a coffee brewer from, Amazon or from Walmart or Target that is, you know, $10 and do it yourself. What my wife does honestly is the coffee that's left over from the morning, she sticks it in the refrigerator and, um, and, and she loves it. So she puts that coffee in the refrigerator the next morning. That's what she drinks. But because our coffee is not flavored, the, the, the actual flavoring stays whole. It doesn't float to the top. It doesn't, I mean, it's, it, it's great. Um, her favorite is our chai love, our chai spice coffee. She likes cold brew chai love. And and we're not doing anything different. We're putting it in the drip coffee maker. What we don't use goes in the refrigerator the next morning, pour some ice on top of it, and boom, there you, ha there you have it. 
Yeah, and I think that's great, and we're seeing, I mean, it's just amazing because, and I, I do drink soda, so that aside, but <laughs> I actually, if I can have coffee all day long, cold, sure. hot, I, it does replace soda for me because I do enjoy the taste much better, sure. and, and I, it's an interesting thing because, you know, actually, the if you manage the caffeine, you don't stay up all night and all sure. that. And, but I think what is happening is coffee is becoming such a big deal, whether it's becoming beverages at night mixed with, infused with alcohol or uh, at bars or what you're doing, which is keeping it natural and infusing it. I think there's this huge industry booming here. Right. And so that being said, what are sort of your plans? We talked a little bit about cold brew and, mm-hmm. and what that means, but do you have more coffee uh, types that you're you're looking at Absolutely. and infusing and you know what does that look like and what is your hopes for and and how are you going to grow so uh, and i know you know this i mean growing a company is not the hard part is not starting it the idea is not the hard part the hard part is getting people to change what they're doing on a day-to-day basis to come to your product um I get asked the question all the time, why Bearded Man Coffee? Why wouldn't I go with one of the other 500 roasters that are out there? That's a great question. And there are a lot of great roasters out there. Uh, There's a lot of great coffee out there. Um, What I would say is what we're doing different with our infusions um, and what we're ultimately wanting to to do is not be a brick-and-mortar coffee shop. So... Um, there are two things. There's two two answers to that question. Yes, we are looking at different things we want to add to our coffee. Coconut oil uh, is a big one right now. Coconut oil, MCT oil, um, um, talking or speaking to our people that are very into uh, sports and athletics and the gym and recovery and all that kind of stuff. That's a big deal to to them. Um, the, the, the casual uh, person, uh, I mean, obviously you work out. So the casual uh, fitness person that is, hey, I just want to be healthy. Uh, you know, I eat my vegetables, but I want to add a few things. We want to speak to that person. So there are things that we're looking at. There are things that I'm pretty excited about. I won't go out and say that right now, but that are coming down um, the pipeline that I think are going to be very interesting to people um, that enjoy different things in their coffee. There are thousands of different taste profiles out there. Not coffee. I'm just talking about spices and uh, substances that are healthy. Ginger. Ginger is huge. No one likes the taste of pure ginger, you know, off the... I keep saying no one. I'm sorry. I, I'm speaking for myself. No one in my family likes the taste of ginger root um, right off, right out of the root. But you, you add that to, you know, a couple other spices, all of a sudden you have this great tasting taste profile. Match that with coffee. Um, what our plan is, is to be, um, for those of you that are not in Colorado, we want to be a, a dispensary, um, and, and, and there, uh, I don't know if, we, if I can say this, marijuana is legal in Colorado. We live in a world right now where you can walk into a dispensary and touch, smell, look at, get, a, get an entire ingredient list of that particular strand. We want to do the same thing with coffee. I want to try your Mexican chiapa blended with your Costa Rican shag, and, and I want to know what that tastes like. So we can blend it up for you, um, let you sample it, and, and then decide, okay, I'd like to buy a pound or two of that. So um, a, a tasting room uh, where you can walk in. I want to have those all over the country where people can come in and buy their coffee. 
it's their coffee. And maybe their coffee is nothing like anybody else in the world. Um, Jay's grandfather, for instance, he buys our French roast and our Yeti. Our Yeti is our dark chocolate and cayenne. He buys four French roasts and two Yeti, and he mixes them together. And that's his coffee. I will tell you right now, there's not another person on earth that drinks the coffee that he drinks. It's impossible. Right now, he is the only person that drinks his coffee, and, and that's what he loves about it. It's his coffee. So that's a big deal for us to be able to get people to, you know, to provide themselves with something that's created by them. Um, people don't, I, you get the, we always get the, the misconception that the, the darker the coffee, the, the higher the ca- caffeine content. And that's just, that's not true. Um, so I'll correct that right now. The less roasted coffee, the blonde coffees and the lighter roasts are the higher caffeinated coffees. The darker the roast, the less caffeine. Um, the, the longer that something is in the, is in the roasters, the, the, the profile of that taste changes. I can take one bean and do it a blonde roast, that same exact bean and do it a French roast. And you're going to have two totally different tastes with two totally different caffeine levels of, of the exact same beans. So um, we want to be able to, to, to promote people in that world to say, gosh, I like this roast level. I like this taste profile and I like this region. Go. That's what we ultimately want to do. Well, I think it's awesome. I mean, people don't, I mean, you can actually mix the types of coffee to get what you want. I think that's a pretty cool concept. It didn't even dawn on me, but now that you just said it, I'm like, it seems so obvious. Right. (laughs) The idea, we grew up, and and you and I are similar in age, we grew up with Folgers and Maxwell House being the, um, that was coffee. What you did with it, you know, whether you did put it in an espresso machine or not, that was the coffee that you drank. That's what moms and dads grew up on. You, I, I'll never forget for the life of me, my mom, it was one, uh, she called it a dapple of milk and a sweet and low. I, 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 to this day, now, have you, and hers, there, it was Folgers. Yeah. I, you I said you wanted to you sing into that coffee right now. I, you said you wanted to sing into the microphone, so you're welcome to sing the Folgers tune we grew up with. Folgers in your cup. Yeah, there you go. That is exactly what yeah. it is, yeah. and everyone knows that it became part of the household Absolutely. name. Absolutely. And uh, if you don't know Fold, Folgers in America, I'd be surprised because I can't not remember not a commercial happening every time oh, I turned on the TV. Jerkers at Christmas time. Oh, the yeah. commercials they put out at Christmas time. Oh, yeah. My, my first piggy time. bank was a Folgers tin can. We cut a little slit at the very top of it, and that was my piggy bank for, you know, for it, a year. Yeah, and I grew up on a farm, so all those tins became nails and screws. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it's become – I think I might have one, actually, in this house <laughs> about downstairs in the where, in the basement in the workshop. But I, I just – I think it's interesting because we s- sort of – and we talked about this again before. It was what happens in a lot of businesses, the le- elasticity, where coffee has become Folgers and Starbucks, and we had this huge boom in coffee. But there's a natural thing that happens in economics and business, which is the elasticity of pulling everything back to the basics. Right. And where people start to want – their coffee they want the individualism in their coffee or in their bourbon or in their beer and we're seeing it with microbrews and we're seeing it with coffee yeah. and i think there's a big thing going on here that you guys are on to and i mean and just to take it a step back and and i'll get into my next question also is 
do you and Jake come from entrepreneurial backgrounds? I mean, he had a gym and you had the cleaning company, but before that, were your families entrepreneurs? Is it something that you've grown up with? Because it's not anyone that has the willingness and lack of fear of failure to, to start it. I will tell you that, um, I love this question, um, because it's something I'm very passionate about. Jay comes from an entrepreneur family. His his father owned, uh, and I can't even tell you what it was that they did, but Jay grew up in the warehouse where his, uh, his father owned, and um, his father was very well off, and he did great things to learn the entrepreneur spirit. Um, I don't know, honestly, if Jay's ever worked in corporate America. I could be wrong with that. I think he's always worked for himself or um, created himself in that world. I, on the other hand, grew up with two parents that were worked for the same company for 40 years. Um, you, you started after high school, you went to college, you went and got a job and you sit at that job and you got your pension, you got your 401k and you retired and they're living that life right now. And it's great for them. They've moved to Arizona and they're loving life and they're being retired. And I love it. That's an amazing experience for them. It wasn't for me. I did not want to work for anybody that was going to dictate my life. Now, my parents missed out on a lot of things of my childhood, football games, baseball games, things that because they were working, I promised myself that when I had my own children, I would never do that. I don't, I don't harbor any ill will toward my parents. They did what they had to do. And I had a great childhood. Don't get me wrong. But my world was, I'm going to be at my kids games and my kids practices and all that good stuff. And the only way you do that is if you have no one to report to. So right out of high school, I jumped into, um, uh, working, uh, at a pizza shop that, that was, you know, an entrepreneur thing, making pizza that, that failed miserably. But where I failed and where I have failed multiple times is, um, is what has got me to Bearded Man Coffee. Uh, I've had a staffing company. I owned a staffing company for years. Uh, I've had, of course, the cleaning company. I've owned that for, gosh, going on 14 years. Um, and I've taken every failure, every success, every lesson learned from those things and turned it into what we have at Bearded Man Coffee. Jay's failures are not like my failures. I have fallen flat on my face, dead broke, lost every penny. I've lost marriages over, over my working, uh, too much. So I, I, I have, I have taken everything from that standpoint and I've changed it to be who I am today and what we see at bearded man coffee. Um, what I would say to, to anybody that is an entrepreneur, you, you understand it. It's sacrifice. Of course, there are sacrifices you have to make. Um, whether it's leveraging your house, whether it's long hours, all those things I do, but I get to do it in my way, my time, so it doesn't affect my kids, my wife. Uh, and that's a big deal to me. Well, and I think one of the things is, is, and you sort of touched upon it, I'd rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 hours for someone else. Absolutely. I, I think I only lasted uh, right out of college nine months in the corporate world before I was like, I can't do this and right. I'm not going to work for someone else because one, the flexibility and two, uh, for me, it was like being trapped in a cubicle or in an office was literally the trap. It was also my mental and creativity trap. Right. And I think a lot of people, 
um, just we live in an age where that doesn't have to be your life and we can go out and be individuals and the world is flattening through e-commerce yeah. and things like that. And there's enough room in business where, you know, we can take out large chunks from these companies that, that have huge market share and there's enough for everyone. And absolutely. Absolutely. And so coffee, I mean, Tell me a little bit about it because have you always been a fan of coffee when you started this? Because the education process is pretty steep when it comes to tasting and learning uh, different, I'm going to say flavors again, but yeah. different ways of doing things and different beans from different countries. So how did you go about all of that? I will be honest with you. I didn't. Uh, I've been a fan of coffee my entire life. I was never a fan of understanding what the 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 fruit to to bean to coffee cup um that was never an interest of mine um until you know gosh five six seven years ago i wanted wine uh, taking a grape and turning it into a delicious wine was a big deal to me but there was two things that were pro- uh, there was a big problem for me number one i was too young and I don't mean I was of legal age, but I just looked too young. No one takes a person that's 23 years old providing wine that no one takes that seriously. At least they didn't, you know, 20 years ago when I was, or 10 years ago when I was, no, 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Super old. Super old. Um, so, so coffee right now is where wine was at 20 years ago. Okay. Um, it is a, it is a, I, I think I used the example a little while ago. You could walk into a liquor store 20 years ago and, and you would have a handful of selections. There was nothing. Um, you had your white Zinfandales, you have your Merlots and there was, you know, two or three providers of those particular coffees. You walk into a liquor store now and I don't know that you could even look at every single bottle of wine in there. I, I, it's probably impossible. Um, coffee is now at that beginning stage where everyone is starting to roast and do their own thing. And it's giving the customer a different taste profile to allow options. And I have to say, I thank our millennials for that. The ones that it's cool to try 20 different things. It's cool to not have one thing in in our, in our, uh, in our household. Beer is the same way right now. Craft beer. I mean, you can you can go through all the huge big dogs out there. Everyone knows them, but those big dogs are buying up the small dogs yeah. because they're realizing we've missed the boat. Yeah, and that is one hundred percent true. And just in Littleton here alone, Colorado, I mean, there's how many microbreweries? I swear, I can throw a stone in two miles in any direction, and there's probably sixteen microbreweries. It's it's kind of ridiculous. I and I find a new one every day, you know. And so I think. Beer is a little bit different, but there is obviously room, and coffee's where microbrews were 20, 30 years ago also. Absolutely. And so we're going to start seeing this more. So you guys seeing that and being at the forefront, I think, is awesome as an entrepreneur. I mean, what's the the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is you put yourself out there, you're going to fail. It's going to happen. Um, but sooner or later, you're going to find something. We have a coffee called the Moonshiner. It's a bourbon-infused coffee. There's no alcohol in it. But I cannot stand the taste of bourbon. I, I'm not a big drinker of, of bourbon. I love our Moonshiner. It's some of the most amazing coffee I've ever had. Um, putting two things together that shouldn't be together... Um, 
you may fall flat on your face. We found something that works. But that's the idea about having the entrepreneurial spirit, the sacrifice that you do, the putting yourself out there, be vulnerable, be okay to fail, be okay to fall on your face. It's how we get back up. It's the getting back up piece. And sooner or later, people buy into it. And sooner or later, you you see your bag of coffee at Heathrow Airport, and you are. It's the most amazing feeling in the world. And that, and that as I was saying, I guess that happened to me uh, yesterday. I literally saw a bag of our coffee at Heathrow Airport in London, and I'm. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And I, I love that you said that because uh, we did a motivational Monday with Rocky Balboa, and I used one of his quotes, which it's it's not matter how hard you get hit; it's a matter about how when you get back up because nothing hits harder than life. And that is the entrepreneur story. Sometimes we could be doing things could be going well, and you hit that wall, or you get hit with something, and you're flat out out of nowhere, and money down, and cost down, and next thing you know, you're like, oh God, well, what happened? What did I do? But you know, staying there too long is a problem. It's, you know, being able to rebound quickly. And we talk about it a lot. It's really opportunities for growth failures. If you look at it that way, you see, okay, I may have failed, but I really need to learn from this and move forward. Uh, And that's really the entrepreneurial spirit. The entrepreneurial spirit is not what we see this, what people think are overnight successes and all this successes, because really what it is, is it's a series of falling flat on their faces. Starbucks started in 1971. Yeah, I mean, put that together. I guarantee you, there's not one of your listeners that heard of Starbucks before at least 1999. Yeah, probably not until the early 2000s. Starbucks started in 1971. They did a lot of things wrong to make it right. <laughs> Hands down, you can't you can't argue that. Whether you like them or not, you can't argue that. Um, you said something a minute ago, the Rocky Balboa thing, that made me think. One of my uh, one of my favorite quotes is. The, the greatest inventions in the world are in our cemeteries. It's because the, there's people that died with the ideas that could have changed this world and, and were afraid to. They were afraid of failure. They were afraid of success or whatever the case may be. And I have put it in my heart that I will not, I, I may die with no money, but I promise you this, I will do everything in my power to do whatever I feel like I should do to create something that's better than me. That's a big deal to me. And, and like I said, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that have lost everything. I'm one of them. I've lost everything. But like you said, it's not how hard you get hit. It's how hard you get hit and getting back up. That's what makes you an entrepreneur. Well, and one of the things I'm in, we've started doing this in our own companies, just as we hire people, if you have a full success record across the board, you're probably, you're not going to, it's fake, but it's also, you're probably not going to be an employee that's going to work for me. I want to know you've had some hard knocks. I need the hard knocks because otherwise when you do have a hard knock, you're going to have a meltdown. That's right. That's one. But two is, is you don't have enough life experience for me to actually trust you with the business to handle bad things when they come and things like that. So you really got to go out there and do it even as an employee, not just as an entrepreneur. You got to be willing to have some hard knocks because I, I, I don't know when we try to coach things too much and put our kids in a bubble and things like that like we're not doing them any favors and Uh, it's i i moved out to sedalia for my son for my son to grow up in a world that doesn't involve video games you have to learn how to start a fire you have to learn how to cut down a tree you have to learn what happens when you see a bear little things like that that in my world make 
make the next generation that much better. Nothing is given. Nothing is, is everything has to be earned. That's a, that's a big deal to us. And when Jay and I created Bearded Man Coffee, our tagline is, is freedom, nature, and possibility. The freedom to, to wake up in the morning and, and know that you have your own uh, cup of coffee or your own world to live in. Uh, nature, that's uh, a big thing for us. The National Forest Foundation, um, uh, enjoying nature, enjoying what nature gives us, the sights, the sounds, the experiences, but the possibility, the possibility that anything is possible. I mean, really, anything is possible if you put your mind to it. You may fail a thousand times before you get there, but I promise you, if you want it bad enough, it will happen. You have the opportunity for sure. Absolutely. And um, so we talked a little bit, started talking about the education process, but how do you find your beans? How do you bring them in? Um, I know we're going off a little bit of where we just were, but how do you go about that? Because I mean, again, we're talking about being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur, you often have to educate yourself in the process. So how did you go about finding the beans and what countries to get them from and sourcing them? And, you know, I just out of curiosity because sourcing is such a huge part of any food and beverage business. Absolutely. The, the idea around sourcing is, is the, I think there's quite a few um, things that you can say about that. Number one, the cost of the bean, um, where it's coming from. Uh, but we, we've gone, out, gone after in flavor profiles. What we believe our roasts, our blends, and the taste that we want out of it, what beans match that the most. I get asked all the time, uh, do you have an Ethiopian coffee or a New Zealand you know, coffee bean? No, we don't. Um, and that's on purpose. It's not because uh, two reasons. Number one is maybe that country's coffee uh, uh, is, uh, they have a shortage or there was flooding there a couple years ago, which now the cost to us is more expensive, which means we have to increase the cost to the consumer. We don't want to be that. We don't want to increase our cost coffee is a commodity so it it fluctuates with oil prices and you know everything in between so we found um plantations in certain countries that are that fit what we want um have we done all of them no we will continue to do that we're we're only two years in on this journey this journey is very new to us I, I, i know i said chad's been roasting for a long time we're we're uh, changing the beans on a regular basis to fit what we want the coffee to taste like. Um, so we, we, we mostly source from Central and South America, from Brazil all the way up to Mexico, or Mexico down to Brazil, whichever way you want to go. Um, Costa Rica, uh, uh, Papua New Guinea, Guatemala, uh, uh, because, because they have given us the beans that are to our taste, to our taste profile that we want to share with our customers. Every single bean from every single region tastes differently based on elevation, based on um, when it was harvested, based on um, did it grow in temperatures above 70 degrees, below, you know, all those things similar to wine. I mean, everything about that uh, coffee bean or, or seed, if you will, is based on the environment. So we're we're sourcing from places that we right now trust that will forever change. We will always be looking at, you know, Hawaiian coffee. Um, we are we've even started to experiment possibly with doing some coffee here in Colorado. I don't think we'll have a high success rate, but why not try it? Um, um, there's a, a roaster uh, down South that has done it, um, like in the greenhouse, if you will. And they're amazing. They have a great product. 
I want to try it outside and see if we can't match that. So um, that process of educating ourselves is truly buy the bean, roast it the, the way you think it should be roasted, and and serve it to your to your your tasters to see if it hits what we're trying to. You know, does it have that caramelly aftertaste? Does it have that whatever it is that we want from that particular bean? And I guess that's interesting. And in the marijuana business in Colorado, there's a lot of hydroponics, and, sure. and people are now starting to experiment with aquaponics, and which is fish poo basically being the fertilizer right in the water and growing the fish right in there. But I'd be interested because in food, we're starting to see the benefits in the food industry and food deserts because of what the marijuana industry has done. It's sure. cheap in the cost of indoor farming, basically, and right. supplies and production. But I mean, I guess I'm curious. I wonder what that would do to a cost beans so i definitely as we talk more on the podcast and i get you guys back on i'm curious about what happens with that i'm gonna do my own research but it's definitely something i want to go back and talk in on but i don't think many people realize at least a coffee bean actually comes out of a fruit correct which is a seed and it gets there and um so is there other uses for the fruit or it's just the fruit comes out i mean i don't know now all of a sudden i'm like i don't even know the answer to this <laughs> I th- yeah i mean the people uh, use those the fruit for a lot of different things i don't know exactly what they're these countries i mean you have to understand a lot of these plantations are in countries that are below poverty level um so they don't waste food they don't waste things. This stuff is used for whether it's uh, it's uh, put together as fertilizer for next year's crop or um, uh, whether it be, be food. Some, I mean, I, some people like the – it's a cherry. It's really what it is. It's the seed of – it's a pit of a cherry is the coffee bean. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what it's used for. I couldn't sit here and tell you the exact details of the list, but they don't go to waste. There are, there are coffees that are – uh, digested by monkeys in the jungle that when they are uh, come out the other side are harvested and that's like $300 a pound I mean this coffee is supposed to be the most amazing coffee in the world I'm up for trying it but I'm not I'm gonna, gonna that's gonna be a hard pass really Mandy. all right i mean the ideas are going through my head right now i mean you could Hard pass path. through <laughs> coffee beans into a lot of animals and yeah. see what happens but we, we should try we'll just feed it to pigs and then and see what happens we have donkeys out in the ranch so maybe we'll give it to the donkeys you know what it is is they eat the cherries who's just, harvesting these seeds that you're feeding to the donkeys who's gonna have that job you're hired i'm not <laughs> You are hired. I'm not, I'm not I know. Do it. they still have the dirtiest jobs TV show? Oh, because that would be like, I'm out here. My girl, we need you. It. No. Yes. It's going to be great. I think it's an interesting concept, but it's like the weird, but it could be something. And if it does, people pay higher price because it has a different flavor sure. profile. And obviously it's good. And, you know, it's like mushrooms. They grow out of poo. So, I mean, do it's you like. Ever, do you ever, have you ever tried Rocky Mountain oysters? <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly. Have no, ever- I, I have. And when I was living in Spain playing soccer, uh, I, uh, they eat a lot of bull testicles. Yeah. For- they are amazing. I, they are amazing. And uh, people will give me a hard time for that, but there's a restaurant here um, downtown that prepares them and they are amazing are they deep fried i they suppose are, anything that's battered and deep fried that, that this is this actually is yes and it's it still is. protein in some way so yeah. yeah interesting um i'm still i'm like blown away by the the monkey pooing out the coffee <laughs> beans so it i think it's pretty amazing but i mean is somebody it, following this monkey around like 
I mean, what an industry. Are you assigned Think about to like a monkey that you have to follow around all day? I wouldn't be I'd surprised. feel like I need details, more details about it. I think this. they're probably, they're, they're, it's, because it's become so popular, they're probably kept in captivity. And oh, that, that's I think the real question becomes is what type of beard does this monkey have? This is true. They, have you? I mean, there's some cool beards on some of these monkeys. Yeah, those howler monkeys have. I mean, hello. We're we're. I believe so. One of our things. I I, I I'm going to say this because I want to come up with a Colorado roast. I mean, there's so many different roasts, but Colorado doesn't have its own roast, and I think Colorado needs to have its roast that becomes popular with all roasters. Um, so for all you roasters out there, I just want you to know we're working on this. Please contact us well i would like it to be a collaborative effort that we all roasters unite roasters unite colorado roasters unite for a colorado roast that speaks to colorado has a um maybe a pine type uh, 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 taste or, or aftertaste I, something that's that it has to be good but i'm, I'm thinking we're thinking through a lot of things so that was the uh, i like the idea and um in food we see it around the world in particular we don't do it much in the united states but people use wood to smoke food and to give it flavor profiles and pine and different types of wood to, right. to do that so i could see that happening but actually an interesting thing and i promised i would ask this question to someone when i sort of teased out that you guys were going to be on the episode and you're from colorado they asked me if there's any intentions to do a cbd oil infused coffee um yeah absolutely so um up until just recently cbd was actually illegal nationally so uh, we wanted to wait for that to get you know we don't we want to make sure we stay within state and national laws federal laws um cbd is absolutely an amazing it's probably the most amazing um uh what's the best way to say this i don't want to say invention because it wasn't an invention but the, well, it's I, a compound right it is a compound but the fact that people are now using cbd at the level that they are i mean it's saving lives let's just call it what it is it's saving lives and yes what we're having to perfect and i think there are some roasters out there that are getting close to it what we're working on is the idea that you don't cook the cbd out the the, the 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 health properties of CBD out in the in the roast, or um, you know, at what point do you put that in on the coffee bean where it it won't affect the 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 molecule that's that's giving you the health properties? Um, CBD doesn't have a taste. Uh, I guess people can add taste to them, but we're thinking about doing things like a a sugar packet or a creamer packet that's CBD. So it's not, so you can add it to your coffee and you know, you're getting your full. See, this is more science. It's more science. Like, I mean, I kind of feel like you're part scientist. I've been called a yeah, scientist I mean, my entire life. I, that's me. I'm a scientist. Well, and I think it's, um, it's great because, well, like you said, it doesn't actually have to be infused. It can be something added to any of your flavors, which is an interesting concept. I didn't actually think of it that way, but it could be done that way. No and stealing our, our, our inventions. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, and coffee and beverages aren't fully something we co-package <laughs> on, but not. Uh, we don't get into that. Again, we're not. We usually... Um, we usually just help other people get big. No, that's, that's that's the way we do it. Awesome. And CBD, uh, CBD, because it can be used and, and it comes in all different forms, I can make C, CBD sugar. 
sweetener. I would like that. Let's do that next. Yeah. I mean, we can make it in, cho- you can put it in chocolate. You can do it in so many things. So, but when people take CBD, they want to know that they're getting the entire daily, you know, 10 milligrams, 15 milligrams, whatever it is, because everybody, um, if you're, if you have, you know, chronic arthritis or you have, um, stage four cancer, I mean, there are certain levels of, um, of CBD that you need to have to, to fix those ailments. You need to know that you're getting that thing. If we put it in the coffee, uh, as far as in the roast, you don't know that you're getting your full daily consumption that you need. We want to make sure that our customer is getting that full daily consumption. So CBD infused in the coffee is a great idea for you and I that just want to have CBD in our system. It's probably not the best idea for somebody that really needs Someone to make sure. treating something exactly. going on in their body. Exactly. Who I may need, you know, 50 milligrams of CBD. We'll provide them with, with sugar packets or creamer packets or, or just a powdered CBD that they, they can put into their their coffee and i think um just so the audience knows that cbd oil is becoming infused in a lot of things i think we're going to see it more in food and in restaurants as just a cooking property because it also has cooking properties but there's the added health benefits like we said for inflammation and and various other things without the the thc for a lot of people so they don't need to get stoned off of it right they don't want to and uh, I emphasize if they don't want to, but it's um, some people do want both properties and that's up to them. But we're also seeing it in food such as kombuchas and things like that um, that are putting CBD oils in and infusing them as well because there is such the health properties related to it. And so, you know, for or against the marijuana industry, there's this huge health benefit that's come out of it, I think, in the CBD oil. And the second part is, like we talked about, there's the indoor farming that's a, a direct byproduct of it because sure. it's become so cheap to grow food or maybe even coffee beans inside or or whatever. So while we got off on a tangent there, I just think it's important for the audience to know. And being in Colorado, I've seen this huge boom in CBD oil and the benefits and what athletes can use and and people dealing with cancer and things like that, that, that hugely help. Absolutely. Um, and so having, being able to get it through your morning coffee, I think is, is awesome. I'm sure when that you see, when you see the effects that CBD has, um, on children that are battling ailments that per- give them 300, 400, 500 seizures a day. And you watch what CBD can do. Uh, I can assure you, your mind will change. Uh, if it's uh, if it's a negative uh, uh, idea about CBD, you watch that. We have a neighbor who has a uh, a child that has an ailment that only affects like five kids in the entire United States. CBD is making her life manageable. She can't talk. She can't. You know, she she can't walk. But she doesn't have seizures on a regular basis. It will change your world. So I I say that because I'm passionate about people doing research. Don't listen to what the media says, both sides. Do your own research. Learn it yourself. That's what we're having to do with coffee. I mean, for the longest time, do you remember how bad coffee was for you 20 years ago? It was the worst thing in the world. Now they're finding that actually a cup or two a day is really good for you. Uh, you know, I, uh, you can't let your baby sleep on its tummy anymore, but 30 years ago, that was the recommended way. Yeah, exactly. So we've learned and we've, we've, we've morphed into this, you know, more 
knowledgeable country. Well, there's a whole entrepreneurial group out there in the marijuana and CBD oil industry and, and sure. things like that. And it is one of those, it's the new computer boom, in my opinion. We had the information technology boom in the 1990s and 2000s, sure. and now it's the marijuana boom, and particularly because of the health benefits in a lot of ways and why regulate something, I guess, and make it criminalize and waste taxpayers' dollars when there are benefits to it. We will do an entire podcast on this topic one day. I'm sure I can assure you that. Yeah, I'm sure, too. We're going to get back on. And... But on that note, the, one of the things you talked about was the seizures, and I, I'm going off on a total tangent, but I saw what it does for animals and dogs that have seizures Absolutely. and horses that have ailments because I grew up on a horse farm, and it's kind of incredible, and it's been right in front of our face the whole time, Absolutely. and because of a government regulation, we never explored it, which is sad, but it's like anything else. It's like coffee right now. We, you know, With making it easier to do business in the world, flattening through e-commerce, it's allowed entrepreneurs to like yourself to come out and and be entrepreneurs in these type of businesses correct yeah and so what are some of the hardest things that you've you've had as an entrepreneur you know maybe two or three things that are your your real battle stories and and hardships where you really came out bruised but were able to pick yourself up well um a tough question. Well, I it know. is because um, I read a book called The E Myth um, years ago. That the idea about being an entrepreneur is that people go into business thinking, "Well, gosh, I've been doing such and such job for you know, I, I worked at Taco Bell forever. I, I, I'm going to open up my own taco stand." There's more to being an entrepreneur than making the product. There's the backside. You know, there's the, so so I went into into this having to learn that just because you know something doesn't mean that you can master it. Um, my hardships, I will tell you, um, and I say this, my, my, my beautiful wife today, her and I have a fantastic, uh, relationship and I, and I, but I give all my thanks to my relationship with my current wife to my ex-wife. Um, I learned so much that it takes being um, accepting responsibility, accepting failure to to, to be successful. Um, so my biggest failure was my 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 first marriage, the marriage that uh, ended. Um, um, it shouldn't have ended, but it ended years before it actually ended because I wasn't doing my job. I was paying more attention to the my business and my customer and I wasn't doing the my resp- the responsible thing. Now, some people can get away with that. I'm not suggesting that that works for everybody or doesn't work for everybody, but for me it was a it was an eye opener. It's my biggest failure in life. Um losing uh after almost 10 years of marriage, uh, splitting up a family, um ripping a child out of a house that now has to go from household to household. That's awful. And I feel guilty about it every day, but I have learned so much from her, from that failure that I am now a successful husband. I'm now a better father. I'm now a better business owner because I, I stopped. I looked at myself in the mirror and I, and I learned from it. I I really did. Well, that's the accountability piece. A lot of people could have gone through the same situation. If you're not going to, where's the lesson, right? If you're not going to understand the lesson, and make changes 
you're going to do it all over again. Absolutely. You, there is no such thing as eight to five in this world, in my world, in your world. There, there isn't, it doesn't exist, but there has to be room for family and friends and downtime or you will fail period and a story. And I'm not in this to be this billionaire sitting on a throne. Everyone serves me. Yes. I mean, he has a throne in the office. But I mean, we weren't going to talk about that. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, uh, but but I am doing this to better my life, to better my kids' life, my grandkids' life. That's why I'm doing this, and I love meeting people. I love it. It's the most amazing thing in the world to be uh, travel the country, travel the world, and meet people and uh, interact with them. But. It doesn't go without having the memory that I have screwed up a lot of lives because of my inability to see in the moment what I was doing. Um, I, and I will say this, uh, my ex-wife and I are, are, are good friends and she's got a, I, her loving husband. I, lo- I love that family. But what I learned from that is, is that you cannot take people for granted. Friends, family, you can't take for granted. The people that are surrounded, you know, Andy and I are, are, are best buds, and we have a, a great relationship. He's like one of the housewives. She's one of the house husbands. <laughs> and, uh, anyways, we have this relationship that is that is mutually beneficial to uh, both of our kids, both of our, our families, my wife and her are our best friends, and, and, and we have this life that I think... it. 10 years ago, I would have never thought about that. I I wouldn't have had time for it. So I have learned to relax a little, settle down a little, become real, become vulnerable and, and just be transparent with what's going on. And when it's time to relax, it's time to relax. When it's time to work, it's time to work. Um, I'm heading out on vacation tomorrow and I promise you this, you, you will not be able to reach me. I'm, I'm with my son and my wife and that's what we're going to go do. Um, but when I'm here and I'm working, I have to be here and working. So that's just, that's kind of the, the, the thing I have lost many businesses. I've, I've been bankrupt. Um, I haven't actually filed for bankruptcy, but I've lost every penny. I have, um, lost houses. I've lost, uh, my credit has been destroyed. Um, and, and people look at that and, and if you're not okay with that, then you can't be an entrepreneur. No, you can't be. Um, my wife now is you know in eight to five. She works at a f- fantastic job. She she's a, she's an amazing woman, um, but she has stresses in her life with with how I live my life. Yes, it's terrifying. It, it, it is. It, it really is. When you don't get a paycheck every two weeks, like everyone else in the world does, that's hard that's for some terrifying. people. Terrifying. For me, it's exhilarating. For me, it's it's a challenge. What can I do this week to make it better the next time around? That's my thing. So wait, maybe I should have asked before the sure. podcast. But are you husband and wife? We Andy are and not. I. No, no. Okay, I was just like, no. wait a second. Am I confused because you called her housewife and house husband? And I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe I well, missed something. Like, I was sometimes like, Landon comes to brunch with me and my girlfriends, and he's kind of like an honorary housewife. Listen, I, uh, my this is what I love. And what people. is your wife's name? Just to my, give her a shout wife, out. My wife's name is Laura. Okay. Uh, and Laura is the most amazing woman in the world, and I love her dearly. Uh, my best friend. Um, 
the Andy and I have become friends because I coached her her son in football and her husband coached my son in basketball. Um, so that's how we've become close. But really, the connection there was coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, our 100%. first conversation, one hundred percent. I wanted to know everything all at once. Well, and, and I wanted to know uh, the, the second she started talking about a mochi pot. People don't know what that is. Do you know, know what that is? Yeah, I of know, but not do. many people. I mean, if I said it, people would think I'm talking about like a Jedi robot. Do you know speaking that we of like one in every Star Wars sized from like the two cup all the way up to, gosh, I want to say it was like eight or even sixty. But like we had a gigantic one, and then I even found. For my dad, for Father's Day one year, an electric one like that you could take and do the whole thing like outside on the deck. <laughs> like you plugged it in. Uh, well, so. I mean, and anyone, an Italian family understands this, and Deborah's Greek, so it really works out for me, yeah. um, <laughs> is that you've got to have a size for every type size party you have. Of course, 100%. yes. 100%. And, and like, because everything's about socializing through food in an Italian family, at least for me it was. And um, so that's important. But I want to touch upon, you know, the, the same thing for me, the divorce taught me a lot about being an entrepreneur. It taught me a lot about being vulnerable. Sure. It taught me a lot about being honest with myself and when to put down my phone and when to make time for people and um, things like that. And, and while it, it is negative, it was a, a lesson that I had to learn and there was no other way to learn it. And so, I mean, that's a little vulnerable for me on there. And I just want to share it just um, because I think it is so important that as entrepreneurs, there are things that happen on the social side of our lives um, with our partners and entrepreneurs and things that we make mistakes that do have impacts on us. But it is, um, like Andy said, it's what do we take away from it? Right. And the, can we be responsible enough and hold ourselves accountable enough to look in the mirror and say, I can do better? And, and in order to do better, be I mean, it sucks because I'm probably harder on myself than anyone else because I will look in the mirror and I'm like, I messed that up. I need to not do that again. And I don't say, hey, I'm never going to do it again. I just need to not do it again. So how do I get to a point to not do it again? You know, Accountability is a big deal. And, and I truly uh, surround myself with phenomenal people. Um, Andy being one of them. Uh, Meredith is my, uh, she's, she lives out in California. She oversees all of our marketing, all of our, um, uh, brand, uh, who we are as a brand. Um, uh, my circle of influence, the, the men and women that serve on our board of directors, that is a big deal to me because if you are at the top with no accountability, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. But you have people that, number one, keep you grounded, have you uh, bring you back down to earth that, hey, big man, you're just still another person going through this world like everybody else is. You know, uh, that's, a bit, that, that's probably the biggest lesson that I learned is that, that um, I won't cuss on the air, but that my stuff d- don't stink. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It actually does stink. You can cuss. We do an explicit on, on all of our podcasts. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't think my shit uh, sunk, and I was brought down to earth very quickly. Yeah. Um, and that's why I surround myself with people like Andy that, that can ground you to say, hey, remember where you came from? Remember that that when you become a company that is national, that all the fundamental things that you want it to be as a, as a business owner don't go away. Um, that's the biggest problem in, the, in today's world. I mean, you look at all these massive companies, they've changed who they are. They've changed what, they, what their mission and their vision were because money took over. 
Now, I'm yep. not saying that I completely understand that because I'm not there yet. But that is a thing that I'm so uh, hell-bent on that I will not change who we are at our core. Uh, so much so that I will give up this business if that, if that becomes who, who, who we are. Because that's everything that I'm against. Yeah, We are um, about people about being professional, about being courteous. I, you know, I walk into a, a, a bar and, and everyone looks at me. I have a huge beard. I got tattoos. I'm a big guy. And I'm automatically a biker. Or, yeah, you look like a problem. Uh, exactly. Like, what, what just walked in? It happens to me all the time. But you cannot judge a book by its cover. I don't care what color, what nationality, what religion, what sexual orientation you are. If you're a person on the on the earth with me, you're treated the exact same, and that's the, that's the type of company that I want to provide people. Man, woman, it does not matter. Let's go enjoy this together. Let's be a partnership together, and let's create together and make this world a bit better. Republican, Democrat, I, I, I'll go on this tangent for hours. Nothing matters at the end of the day. Nothing like that matters at the end of the day. And I use coffee, Jay uses coffee to combine that piece, that uh, willingness to be open to everybody um, so that when I do walk in, I can be approachable. Um, we did a, a beer launch, actually, ironically speaking, last Friday. We uh, uh, um, Living the Dream Brewery uh, down here in uh, Littleton, Colorado. Just did a beer with our coffee. And we had a, a launch party on a Friday, and I had people coming up to me, and it feels good when you're noticed. Don't get me wrong; I loved it, but uh, you have my my beautiful wife there to say, "Hey, remember, you have guests here that you have to, you know, talk to as well, and and bring it down." Hot so shot. basically, you surround yourself with people who aren't afraid to tell it like it is. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's important. And actually, I want to actually mention this weird fact that just occurred to me is all my business partners at Food Service Partners, all of us have been through divorces and remarried and Deborah's divorced and we're together and our success is a lot in learning that. And I didn't realize that, but I think there's some weird hard knocks that come out of that experience that you can relate to people more and you don't... And, I, I don't know, but for me, it was an awakening experience. Like, okay, like um, this is not going to be my perfect life. I'm not going to do it just once. And I became more, I don't know what the right word is, but I was able to be less hard on myself because, all right, I'm not perfect. And I don't need to keep striving for this perfection. As an entrepreneur, that can be bad. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you, can, you strive so much perfection, you let a lot of things go in your life that you should be paying attention to. That is where the real wealth is, like you said, the sure. family. But I also want to talk about surrounding yourself with people that hold you accountable. Because my ego can grow really fast sure. in, in any room. And Deborah always sort of is there to make sure that I'm kept in check. And, you know, I'm a freight train. I'm, I'm the person I go head into any business venture and I'm willing to fail and I don't you know consequences aside whatever it is I'll pick myself back up but she sort of picks up the pieces as an entrepreneur and she's um, you know she's a different type of entrepreneur than I am in that sense so we balance each other but having that balance and and surrounded by the other people that I mentioned in my company and having that balance in in your life and please don't think I'm promoting divorce but uh, what I'm saying is that when you surround yourself like-minded people 
that are able to keep you accountable and that have had hardships in your life that can say, hey, I know what this is like. You don't do this. You're going to make a mistake. But you have to be willing to listen. And something we always talk about, my dad used to say to me all the time as an entrepreneur, you can't listen with your mouth open. And I love talking. So that's hard for me to do, obviously, while I'm doing the podcast because I love hearing myself talk. But you have to be willing to learn from it, too. I that the, One of the biggest lessons I learned... Well, there's two things that came out of that. You actually hit on, on the biggest one. I'll give my little bit of advice. If you're getting ready to, to get married or you're on your second, third, or tenth marriage, it doesn't matter. Men need to shut up and listen to your wife. Um, it, 100%. Let me just... 110%. We didn't ask for the peanut gallery. We just... I just you know... To all the ladies. <laughs> yes. yes. I, but truly, it's one big thing I learned. Shut your mouth and listen to what... Whether... It, you don't have to respond. It's to listen. Um, I, I fell in love with a book. Um, you've probably heard of it. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen yeah. Covey. And one of the habits is to seek first to understand before being understood. You and I have the personality where our mouth is opening and talking before we're listening to understand what's being said. That's a hard thing. I think that's a very real characteristic of, a, of an entrepreneur. We're thinking and going 100 miles an hour. So the thing that I do is I surround myself with people, and I'll use Andy as an example. Um, we will banter all day long. But truly, before we went on uh, on your podcast here, uh, as we were sitting in the, in the green room, um, Andy told me, make sure you watch your language make sure, because she knows me she knows that i have a filthy mouth and 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 it just it's, it's an accountability piece it truly is um but those lessons learned um through divorce have created a better entrepreneur for me i surround myself with people and i love being a part of a team now i love being able to say hey i don't know the answer to that let's talk to our team what 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 you know how do we go about this problem and by all of our minds you don't think you have all the answers right i mean that's what i know i don't exactly well and that's you amazing and that's one of the things i've learned is saying i don't know is a powerful thing i mean i it's been years and years ago i learned it but once i learned to try not to solve everything or be the know-it-all or be this person that had to know everything to lead um that was a huge lesson for me so i really like that we touched upon it the other part is we talked about keeping your mouth shut because my and i will say my biggest problem in relationships is exactly that there are times where i forget to just listen and i'll start trying to solve a problem or i'll start talking and whatever and i it's and, a man and, thing. And, it is. And it, but, you know, even if it's about me, I just need to listen. And that's all it is. And Deborah just needs to get it off her chest. Or, or if it's a, a female employee or business partner, like it's just one of those things where, okay, now it's off the chest. Now we can talk about it. But they need to be heard and they need to be validated. And I think that's an, a huge important part of being well, a woman. It, and It's one of the things that so – Jay, uh, I'll give you an example. He is a house full of women. He has a beautiful wife and three daughters, all within a couple years of each other. Oh, and he's got three female dogs, too, by the way. I just want to add that. <laughs> so one of the things that, for Jay especially, that we talk about a lot is that piece. When we started Bearded Man Coffee, we went through all the things like that. What are we passionate about? What are we 
Um, why are we alike? You know, people are going to want to know that your story. What? Why should we buy into you? Because really, what it does, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. If people like you and they like who you are and what you stand for, they're going to like your product, whether you're selling chairs or coffee or, or I would totally buy bearded man chairs. So that's okay. We're, we're now selling bearded man chairs. That's what's going to happen here. But truly um, we sat down and it was that piece where we said, okay, we both love people. We both love our kids. We both love our family. We both um, have a passion for um, what we do and, and what the outcome of our life is going to be when it's all said and done. And that's where it stemmed from. But, but we had to, again, both of us, both of us divorced, both of us on our second marriage, both of us with kids that now have to share households. Um, those are not easy things. And you get asked the question all the time and I was uh, interviewed for a, a paper uh, product, a project, excuse me, where I was asked that question. And I, I actually had to say, listen, you can't be afraid to fail. You cannot be afraid uh, to file bankruptcy. If, if those are your worries, then this is not a job for you. I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen or it should happen. I'm just saying if you walk into this, that that's a fear. It's like going to Las Vegas and being so afraid to lose the thousand dollars you're going to bring. Well, if you're afraid to lose it, then why are you even there? Yeah, you shouldn't go in the first you place. You shouldn't go in the first place. You have to be okay. I, I'm there to lose it. And then anything that's better is just icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, that's the world that we live in. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the thing that gives us the adrenaline in the morning to wake up and jump out of bed and, and create, um, is the unknown. I have no idea from week to week where my pay, where my paycheck's going to come from. Um, if I'm being honest now, I have an established company, so I'm, I can pretty much tell you what it will be, but the, ch- the chances are that it may not be there. And you look at some the large grocery stores right now that are, that are, uh, um, on strike. Guess what? They're having to fight for their money. Yeah. We don't have to do that. We, our fight is getting up in the morning and going and doing what we love and learning from what we, what we fail in. Yeah, and I, I'm, I really want to talk to you guys about motivation, so I'm going to put a plug in here that I – but instead of talking about this, I'm definitely going to bring you guys back in for a motivational Monday, and we're just going to spend half hour to an hour talking about that. So, Because you're very motivated individuals, I can tell, and – you know, and that's another thing as an entrepreneur, you start noticing people that are motivated yeah. and in your similar mindset, or as Deborah says, on the same super highway as you, Absolutely. because we're going 150 miles an hour. We're, we're not on the normal highway because things were adapting and we're changing or pivoting and we're moving. And, um, and that's important. But the other thing I want to just say as we, we start to wrap things up here is I really like how vulnerable you've been and authentic, and that comes from a person that's been through experience, right, and, and had the hardship. And as an entrepreneur, um, you have, like you said, you have to be willing to lose everything. Sure. And unfortunately, not many people are willing to, but it is a possibility because while things, sometimes things go wrong and you just hit bottom, and, and bottoms uh, for an entrepreneur is one of those things. But to take it full circle, 
the willingness to lose things is the willingness to take a risk. Sure. And it's not only as an entrepreneur. I mean, we touched a little bit upon it about relationships. My willingness not to lose means I'm willing to take chances on my relationship. I don't know if Deborah's going to like going on this trip to this country. I've never tried it. But if I'm going to surprise her, I'm not going to clear it with her first. I'm right. going to be my the man, which we're, we're, we tend to be. And I'm going to get on my white horse and I'm going to take her on an adventure and we're going to go slay a dragon somewhere. Right. And we talk a little bit about it or in, you know, as a woman, they need, need to li- give us a little ability that men fail more just Absolutely. because we do, because we're willing to take more risk. And if I were to get biblical, it'd be the whole reason we needed our rib taken in the first place to be created a woman, because we need to be checked and balanced. Yep. We need the, the accountability and we can't get that anywhere else. And, and, or a significant other or whatever. I just use woman cause that's my case um, or not my case, my reality. And um, the truth of the matter is, is that accountability is a big deal, yeah. but the the saying that you know behind every successful man is a is a, a more successful woman yeah um, well, there's a lot of sayings about that I don't like making it a a, a, a gender thing because yeah. there's a lot of strong powerful um, uh, female entrepreneurs I agree but 100%. what I will say to you is um, what I have learned is is that women tend to be able to do several things better than men one of them is they can and probably all at once. Multitask. I was going to say multitask yeah. is probably the, the bigger thing. Two is is tell it like it is. Yeah. And, and, and my wife is great at that. I get. That's I get, why I love your wife. <laughs> I get brought down to earth on a daily basis. But um, the the energy that I that I that I bring forth in a day to day basis is not matched by many, uh, and and that's the piece that I that I hold on to, and um, knowing that I have some accountability behind me, not just my wife but my close friends, um, it, it it's a great feeling. It, it allows me to not think about that. It's almost like knowing that I'm. It's mountain climbing, knowing that I have ropes and and anchors to the side of the mountain. If I fall, I'm not going to die. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be scary for a minute, but the rope's going to catch me. That is exactly why I believe as an entrepreneur, especially one that is on the as your wife said on the uh, the super highways that she said. Yeah. Um, you have to have some accountability, uh, a seatbelt to hold you in because truly it's gonna you can crash and burn at any time yeah and finding that balance in the relationship whether it's just a business partner male female or um or in a relationship i think is important like um for one of the things um you know it's funny you talk about multitasking but i actually can multitask better than deborah can because she deborah can really execute one stream of line all the way through where i can bounce around things and bounce from a podcast to a meeting a task off but i may be i may be sort of different and part of it was probably growing up on a farm and trying to manage so many different things growing sure. up on a farm. But uh, it's the only thing it's I can account It's definitely not a common man. No, no, not at all. And and to be fair, I can get my optic at times. There there can be the exact opposite. So I do sure. do, do it. Um, but to Deborah's credit, um, she really does keep me in balance. She brings me back to earth. And, and her also being an entrepreneur and having different life lessons and being a business partner of mine as well, she sees things differently. And her she doesn't have an ego problem. That's just not part of who she is. Me, I can let my ego be as big as this room and 
two seconds if someone gives me enough compliments, you know, and sure. and she's right there to make sure that I know that where I am and things. So um, I want to thank you guys for being on the podcast and, and coming on, and I look fun. forward to getting you guys back on. And um, I appreciate it again, so I look forward to having you guys back on. Oh, this has been an, an amazing, amazing experience. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to have met you and, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to share our story uh, with all your, your great fans. And um, I hope I'm invited back soon because it was pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to get you guys back on because we didn't even touch upon motivation and inspiration for sure. And then, obviously, we always bring try to bring you guys back on and tell your stories a few months down Absolutely. the road to see how you grow. So well, Jay will be with me next time. He's on, uh, unfortunately he had to uh, head out of town. His uh, grandparents live in, in Florida. So he's enjoying some warm weather down in, in Florida and taking care of his grandparents uh, this week. So yeah, well, well we'll make it work for sure. And I look forward to meeting him as well, especially since he, he can now know I'm the person who mispronounced his name. <laughs> So, um, thank you so much for everything. Truly, yeah, and I thank you guys. And I, when you get back on, it's something we didn't even touch about. But I just want to mention as we're ending off, one of the things I love about what you're doing and in, in you guys as human beings is the give back to the forests and yeah. and to the unique types of cancer or illnesses and things like that. Because we didn't really dive too much into it, but I'm going to make a note to make sure we talk about it when you guys get back on here. Uh, I will say as we end, well, that is a big deal to us. We give five percent of every purchase um, at beardedmancoffee.com it goes back to the national forest foundation and um, their tree planting initiative so for every dollar we send them a tree is planted and their goal is to plant 50 million trees here in the national parks and forests uh, in the United States by 2023. So that's a big deal to us. Uh, the only way we can help them is, uh, you know, if you do purchase beer demand coffee, um, we're really excited about that. And on our website, there's an ongoing tree counter. So you can see exactly how many trees have been planted at any given time. And, and I, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but the thing is, is capitalism donations is, Correct. is, I mean, and I really wanted the audience when we haven't fully got into it, which is why I want to definitely, when you guys come back on, talk about it, is it's not just donating. It's the capitalist of selling a product, building a product, and then using that to help donate it. So there's a constant stream of it. It's not just a one-time donation right. here and there. It, it's a stream that filters in and actually makes a difference because it's through capitalistic and you endeavors. Can, and you can sit there and enjoy your coffee on a nice cold winter morning knowing that what you're doing right every, with every sip is providing life to a to a tree and i can go on this tangent for an hour as well so when we come back i'd love to be able to talk about that that's a big deal to us um you know we're not anti-logging but we are uh realistic that you need to replace what you take um, yeah. Pro conservation. Yeah. Pro conservation. Sustainable forestry, absolutely. basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the audience, if you guys like what you're hearing and you want to help seriously buy bearded man coffee, try it, order it online, see what they're doing Hats, and tumblers. Yeah, whatever. Man swag. And I love your logo and we didn't get into that also and I'm gonna make note of that. Obviously there's a bearded man on it, but it's one of those things where I love the story of how that stuff comes together because it's such an important part of huge the image of a business. Uh, let me just end by saying um, to all the, the listeners, out, listeners out there, the um, 
A promo code to use on your first purchase is WELCOME10. WELCOME10. Gets you 10% off your first purchase. Sign up for our newsletter. And guess what? You're going to get a lot of discounted coffee. So do they get a discount if they have a beard? I didn't ask this question, no. but now I'm curious. There should be a bearded discount. You know, we, we're, we're actually working on a bearded uh, fashion show that uh, is going to be for men and women. Um, obviously, women don't have beards, but we're going to do a fashion show where a husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend can come out and show off their fashion with their favorite beards um, and do a contest. And we're trying to get uh, some uh, local celebrities to help uh, judge that. So if uh, there's a very... Uh, a high-profile bearded uh, celebrity in Colorado, and I won't say his name right now, but uh, if he's listening, we want you. And well, he plays baseball. Just I don't know if I need to put that. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, but I think that's awesome, actually. And so I want to make sure I make notes about that stuff and stuff on the podcast notes. And when we get you back on, um, and, you know, and I want to try to make sure we coordinate around that stuff so we get you recorded again before that event happens and release that episode so we can promote that as part of it. Because that's part of our give back that Deborah and I are doing is because we believe in food entrepreneurs because I think it's the way of the world and it's a... Um, it's definitely a way to educate our kids and our kids being part of our businesses and seeing entrepreneurism and hard work and pushing that back into, I mean, you could say the world, but really American culture. And, sure. and we could be the, the generation of World War II doesn't have to be the greatest generation of all time. There's enough food, beverage and nutrition entrepreneurs coming out. And it's a huge space that we can actually be the ones to make a difference or create the next generation, our kids that could be that. And so as we wrap up, I just want everyone who likes what we're doing, again, if you like Bearded Man Coffee, go online, buy what they're doing. If you like what we're doing on the podcast or you like this episode, please, we're doing this for free. We don't charge for the episodes. Everyone here is volunteering their time. Just share it with a friend or a family member and spread the word. Um, you know, we don't spend any money on marketing because we don't actually take any offers from advertisers who offer to advertise on our podcast because I don't want to do that because it's not about the money to do this. It's about giving back just like Bearded Man Coffee is doing with their products and giving back. So please share it. Everyone, thank you again, guys, for being on the show. Thank you. Um, Again, I'm Justin Bizarro. If you like what we're doing or want to be on the podcast, you can reach me at justin.bizarro at gmail.com. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O at gmail. Or you can find us on social media at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. Everyone have a great day, and thank you very much for listening in. Bye.